Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever you are, and welcome to the 4Play Music Podcast, and this is going to be our episode number 23. My name is David, and in addition to being joined by my fabulous co-hosts, Alan, Darren and Mark, we also have a guest, Finn, who is going to be joining us for today's show. If you're not familiar with the setup of these shows, we pick a theme beforehand and we each choose four songs or albums related to that theme. Well, that's the usual format, but this week we're going to change things around a little bit and we're going to be picking our fancy bands. And you'll get the idea of how this works in a few minutes. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. We can do that. Guys, welcome very much. Here we are, episode number 23. Um, we're going to be doing Fancy Band today. I'll have a little run through of what the, the rules are in a moment. But first of all, I'd like to go around the houses and say hello to everyone. So, uh, first on today was uh, Darren. How are you doing, Daz? Evening. All right. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Doing all right. Lousy weather out there, yeah. but better to be indoors and with a drink. Oh, tell you what, Devon's been awful, isn't it, today? It's been tipping down all afternoon, literally. Um, but it's all right. I was just saying to you guys before we um, started recording that my wife and my daughter are away this week and the weekend, so I've been hitting the Jack Daniels, so it's lovely. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yeah, I've been preparing for this, which is going to be a really interesting podcast, I think. Are so, you not working tomorrow, Dad? No, half term for me, so yeah. that's another reason why. <laughs> yeah, that, that looks like a very that looks like a very wobbly cherry or something. Or- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it is. It's definitely not me. It's the chair. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also joining us today, we have a guest. So um, we have Finn Nugent, who's joining us and uh, going to play our fancy game. Finn, hello and welcome. Long time okay. since we've had a, a pint in Dublin. Indeed, yeah. Miss miss those pints and ferrymans and mulligans. Yeah. Uh, good evening, everybody. Great to be here. Thank yeah. you very much for for letting me join this this August uh, crew. Yeah. Um, I'm coming at you from Scaries, around 20 miles north of Dublin, um, a small drinking village with a fishing problem, as I was mentioning <laughs> earlier. So uh, I'm feeling a bit soft here now. You guys, I can see there's there's hard beers and hard liquor. I'm having an El Tempranillo, um, 10 years old, I believe, looking at the bottom. But mm. um, yeah, su- suitably lubricated and ready to rock and roll. Brilliant stuff. So, okay. Thanks for having me. Said the actor to the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Slow to up. Slow to. Alan, follow that. Welcome, Alan. How, how are you doing? Yeah, fine. Good evening. Good afternoon. And good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm on holiday. Been on holiday myself this week, so it's half term. Uh, my wife works in a sixth form college, so we always take this time of year off. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, we normally go abroad, but uh, the situation. So anyway, we're down in Somerset, early part of the week. Came back and uh, we've been doing jobs we've been putting off, like trying to clean out crap we've got in the garage and right. being up in the loft. And actually found some nice band T-shirts. I oh. totally forgot I I got, but uh, yeah, they still fit me as well. And uh, yeah, today I've been out for a nice pub lunch, um, not too far away, and uh, here I am in sunny Luton. Wonderful. Nice. Wonderful. And then... I wish my band t-shirt still fit me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my band t-shirt still fit, Alan. 
Alan was a big lad when he was young. <laughs> yeah, really nice, uh, simple minds when I forgot I had. Really nice. Oh, which one? It's, um, I got a feeling I must have got it. It's a, it's purple. It's like the great, the greatest hits. Uh, they won eighty-one to ninety-three. Okay. And um, I can't remember for the Same. life of me where I got it from. Nice. It could have been free with like the VHS thing that came out at the time, you know, like videos. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know what that is. It's <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, yes, nice, nice purpley uh, colour. So going on, so um, I might wear that next time. Excellent. Yeah, do it. Cool. And then Mr. Mark Hollywood, welcome. Good evening, gents, and Giaducherija, because Falcha wrote Makara to Thin, my fellow countrymen. Listen, don't let the masters grind you down. We're in this together, Thin. Take no shit from this rabble south of Hadrian's Wall. So, yeah, all good, all good. I'm actually working still, well, logged off about an hour ago and um yeah i've been really looking forward to it this week it's been good. it's been one of those weeks it's been a bit crap and uh, um for various reasons but i'll not go into them but uh, it's always good to catch up with you lot and i'm particularly looking forward to this um fantasy band and how, um how my my pick emma bunton is going to fit into the rest of the if no the one else has chosen it Damn, yeah, I had her. Oh. Well, I, I, I've, I, I've chosen her because I'm, I'm the head roadie, if you get my drift. <laughs> she is my favourite Spice Girl, though, so she can go. Oh, there. big time. Heads, head yeah. and shoulders above the rest of them. Absolutely. Who would, so the question is, who would come sloppy second? I think we'll move Hello. on now, Mark. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mel B, all the way, lads. Mel B. I don't know what you're on. Yeah. Have, yeah. You, have, you, have, you, have any of you seen the Spice Girls? Uh, Live? Oh, no, no I quite like to actually. I've, I've, I've ordered that twenty-five year um, uh, record that they've released. Yeah, and you. I agree. I agree. I go with Mel B as well. That's scary, isn't it? Scary. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and, uh, and back yeah, in the yeah. day, I was known as Scary's Spice. Like, I had the hair just like like Mel, <laughs> Mel B. The, the whole shooting match. You know, a long time ago now, but there you go. Oh, Love it. Yeah, I've seen them three times. Have you? Yeah. A friend of mine was Jerry's um, personal assistant on the last tour. And all yeah. she had to do really was walk around holding her dresses up as she went on stage. I forgot yeah. about Jerry. She's uh, she's quite the article as well, isn't they she? Were good. Yeah. They were good, actually. I mean, yeah. the first time was uh, Wembley Arena, I think it was. And then the second time it was... Um, uh, Earl's Court in the round, so it's really good in there. Okay, yeah. And then the third time, um, actually, the chap I've been out this afternoon, he's ex NetWest Bank, and he um, he managed to get the the box down the O2. All right, um, excellent. Yeah, so it was great, nice. Just sat there all night, being tied with alcohol and food, watching the Spice Girls. Wonderful. I didn't have you down as a serial Spice Girls gig goer. Um, it's Mainly down to uh, accompanying my daughter. Okay. That's my excuse. <laughs> I like the excuse, indeed. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Yeah. Probably a good point then to jump off into the uh, into the game that we're going to be playing. 
So fancy bands, oh. rules are fairly straightforward. Um, we're <laughs> going to go picking one person each um, and we're going to do five rounds. So there'll be five five people in our fancy band. You can pick anyone, whether they be dead or alive. Um, but once you pick someone, if they're in a band, you cannot pick anyone else from that band. Um, and apart from that, and no one else can pick that person once you've picked it either. So um, mm. that should be reasonable stuff. Uh, exactly. Root through our bits of paper. So I think it's a bit <laughs> tactical about which names you put forward first and who you want to put in there and how you want to secure oh, it. I was going to ask you that. So is that our choice? Who you go for first? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're not. So right. that makes it more fun that way. So does, you know, right. uh, how many how many members of the band? Five. Fine. Fine. Now, here's here's a question for for the for the benefit of the audience as well, because Karen and I were tuning and throwing about this. The fifth member can be a rhythm guitarist or a keyboard player or a fiddler or whatever. I am that right? Yeah, anything you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anything you want. Yeah, anything you want. What if your band you want. is a brass band though? Then well, then... you can get to you can, you can get to fuck if it's a brass band. <laughs> Which is the brass band? <laughs> I was just going for five drummers. Is that not allowed? No. That's <laughs> our that. Yeah. If you want to. If you want to. If that's your if fancy band. If you're going to go and watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and at the end, we'll at least try and come up with a name for our own bands as well. Of course, that could shift depending on who you've got in your band. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's set the ball rolling. Uh, Darren, you're first off. Okay, right. Well, this could upset a few of you, I would imagine. I'm going to go straight in with Emma Bunton on lead guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. No, sorry. It's down. Once uh, you said it, it's there. You said it now. He it's, can't go back on it. It's like chess. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that to me. Don't do that to you me. can't go back on that. So, lead guitar. Lead guitar. I'm going with, and I surely somebody's got him, but you might have him as a vocalist, um, but he's not my vocalist. I've got Jimi Hendrix. It's nice gotta one. be. It's gotta yeah. be. Classics like yeah. Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, Star Spangled Banner, Hey Joe. You can reel them, reel them, reel them off. Um, he was effortless and just a stunning, stunning guitarist. Yeah, I was to and fro in for a long, long time over guitarists, and I went for him. So, who have I upset there, guys? Just David. Just me. Did you have him as vocalist or guitarist? I had him as a guitarist. Okay. Oh, sorry, Dave. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I'll have to play another card then, I guess. Okay. So that's a great, that's a great choice. Great choice. And and do you know what I love about Jimi Hendrix as well? Um, it's the fact that he was like myself, left-handed. But yeah. um, he he played a right-handed guitar upside down. Yeah. So he he basically. I mean that in itself is pure genius, and uh, obviously me being a massive Queen fan, Mercury may were heavily heavily influenced, uh, as was Roger Taylor, by Jimi Hendrix and his music. It's it's stuff is is uh, imperious. It really is, as you said. Hey Joe's my favorite, uh, and I love uh, Little Wing. Little Wing's a beautiful. Oh, tune. I was listening yeah. to Little Wing this afternoon. Sort of finalising this. What a tune, isn't it? Yeah. So good. Unless, but but word of advice, and and Finn will know this as well. Uh, just up the road from Finn, uh, north of Scaries, is a place called Dundalk, 
which is scary, right? Uh, it, the band, the cores are from there, and they did a cover version of Little Wing. And I cut it. Oh my god! I was in the toilet for an hour. What <laughs> okay. spoiler for that one? Then bloody <laughs> awful, absolutely terrible. I, I I wanted to personally go over to them, dog, take the five of them outside, and have uh, and give them a good shellacking. Just <laughs> That's terrible. Why would you even attempt it? Well, exactly. Name the fame here. Jim Carr has blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Boss, did you tell him that Little Wing was shit? <laughs> it, it, it was probably more to do more COVID related than uh, the music related, but um, yeah, that, that's uh, another day's uh, tale. Manfred, <laughs> well, I'm going to be blocked by Emma Bunsen now, so don't worry. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, is it, does that mean does that mean she's free? Yeah, it's still available. Happy days. Darren, you've you kicked off with a good one, and I, I, I when I was putting my list together, I was trying to think, am I going to have a theme? And it could go all dead people, all live people, eighties, yeah, female, people who haven't been born yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could could try that. So look, as you played your joker already, I'm going to pick Prince as my guitarist. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. So uh, and of course you get the bonus of he can play nearly any instrument. Um, not, not too shabby on the vocals front either. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. And yeah I'm quite, I'm quite surprised. I mean, it's a great choice, but it's one that wouldn't have been on my radar. Prince's lead guitar as guitarist in a band. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've obviously a, not seen bit, him live. Yeah, no, I, no, I haven't. I never will, obviously, now. But um, um, amazing. God rest him. Um, he's on my, on my short list, but he was off it pretty quickly. I, I, I was never a big Prince fan. I think I've said on here before. I appreciate him, and he's done some great stuff. But it was never kind of never resonated with me. So even though I put yeah. him on my short list, he, he was never going to be in my band. I don't think. Yeah. He's, he's a bit like Stevie Wonder. You know, he played about twenty odd different instruments. Yeah. And, and that, that in itself is, is um, you know, hats off to, to the man. And the yeah. fact that he wrote so many songs, not just for himself, but for other folk. He was dishing them out to other folk, like yeah. Shirley O'Connor and all the rest of it. Yeah, huge talent, sorely missed. Sorely missed. Yeah. Really is. Okay, so... Yeah, good thank you. We're, we're off. Okay, Finn, your your first contribution to the podcast. Right. Well, actually, my guitarist was thought of as the, the new Jimi Hendrix by John Peel. Um and he is Stuart Abinson of oh, the Skids, a big country. He's on my list. Nice. It's on my short list. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, the Into the Valley is is my favourite song. Um hands down. Absolutely incredible. Uh just love his style of guitar playing. And uh, did a little bit of research today. Mm-hmm. And just to let you know, and everybody out there in podcast land, that he got his unique kind of bagpipe like uh, squeal out of his guitar from using uh, an MXR um, pitch transposer. So there you go. So pushed pushed all the notes up an octave, and uh, that's how he got his bagpipe like squeal. But uh, the song playing first in 1983 it was only a whippersnapper of 14. Um, supporting you too. Wow. Um, in in the Phoenix Park, the day day of the races, 
Um, absolutely incredible. But uh, yeah, that's that's my guitarist. So yeah, I hope I haven't upset anybody else. But there's only two years left. No, these are. Um, I saw them uh, the skids supporting the Stranglers um, in Cardiff in seventy nine. Oh. Could be seventy eight. Make me feel young uh, now. I mean, yeah. I mean, as soon as that, I think that did come come out seventy nine. Scared to Dance was it seventy nine? Oh, or seventy could have been made. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a fantastic album, and I often play it. And Skids have, and they've already made about four or five proper albums. Um, but I did go to see them again a couple of years ago, obviously without um, without George. Them there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Still a great band live, and Jobson is uh, a great performer. Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah. one of my favourite bands of skits and also Big Country. Yeah, and I, I spent most of my 80s um, dancing like uh, Stuart Adamson. So. <laughs> <laughs> he still does it. Any weird images for you? But, uh, yeah, cracking stuff. Yeah, he, he lives down the road. Well, he lives about uh, 15 miles away from me in Bedford. All right. Yeah. I've never got to see them, but I had tickets once when they played. I was only young; I was probably 16, 17, and they played. They were going to play down at the Cornwall Coliseum, and it got cancelled. Uh, I can't remember some illness, I think. But I always swore I'd see them again, and I never have yet. So. Uh, do, do you know when they're playing in Dublin next March? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they're always playing somewhere now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the one, the one and only time I got to see Big Country. Was actually in their hometown of Dunfermline. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I went to see them at the Alhambra. Uh, the only other band I've seen there was Stairway to Zeppelin, uh, obviously oh, a tribute band to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and what was bizarre about that was uh, these guys got up to um, the guy who was meant to be Robert Plant, who had the long blonde hair, asking for his autograph. And he could have been he could have been Alan Jones or Mark Hollywood. You know what I mean? He was just <laughs> he was just a guy who sang Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Anyway, um, the, the guy who was fronting the band at the time, obviously Stuart's no longer with us, sadly, um, was was the guy from The Alarm? Oh, yeah. I can't remember oh. his name. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> We've so, all gone blank. Um, yeah, it, it was him, and it was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mike Pieces, yeah. That's the boy. Um and he was, they, they completely emulated the, the sound of Stuart Adams's guitar, you know, that kind of bagpipe sound. But yeah. it was just, it was, it was, it was, well, I wouldn't say bittersweet because I've never been a massive fan of Big Country. Um, my first year at university was, I was sharing a flat with a guy who was hugely into Simple Minds, Big Country. Alan would have loved them. Uh, but the guy from the alarm, is it Mike Peters? Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been through a bit of a shit time. He's had leukemia and yeah. been in remission and what have you. He was just fantastic. It was like Adamson basically said, "Go forth and yeah. preach the word of big country." Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were brilliant that night. And if you if you ever get up to Dunfermline to their hometown, the Alhambra is basically how would I describe it? It's it's a bit like um, Shep, you know Shepherd's Bush. It's tiny, okay. really tiny. You're talking about five, right. six hundred people in there. Nice. Um, yeah, great choice, actually. A, a very unusual choice, but uh, oh, that's, that's, that's a curveball. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice great choice. 
I think there'll be some a few of those. Some of his guitar playing on, on the crossing and that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And if you haven't, if, if you're out there and you, and you you may be thinking about buying an album and you don't know what to get, um, the crossing by the big by big country is fantastic. Brilliant. Well worth it. Nice. Brilliant. Okay, then. Um, just a reminder, you don't have to do guitars, but anyway, it's over to yourself now, Alan. Uh, no, I'm, not, I'm going straight into the trumpet section. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm going. I'm going to keyboards. All and right. uh, see this 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 guy. When you think about it, he actually formed the basis of the, the sound of this band. Uh, the band, uh, the guy being uh, Dave Greenfield, uh, the keyboard player, um, uh, with the Stranglers. Fortunately, he passed away uh, last year, and um, uh, yeah, things haven't quite been the same uh, in terms of the Stranglers. But um, when you think about, and, and I know I've heard, I've listened to Strang to the Stranglers since 1977. He be, he is the sound that made them the band that they are. He's he's fantastic. Uh, I understand that he, any any rehearsals, he was so serious about stuff. He would he would learn. He, he never had a sheet of music in front of him. It was all arranged in his mind and and in his head. And you know, he would often you know he, he wasn't playing the same notes. You know, from one tour to the next, there were some different uh, rearrangements of songs. And that was all down to Dave, really. And um, he's so so badly missed, um, you know, by the uh, by the band members, obviously. Um, but I'm on a couple of the Stranglers Facebook sites, and the amount of grief, well, the outpouring of grief for this guy was unbelievable, and it still still is. And um, I just urge anyone, if you've, you've again, if you've not uh, heard any stranglers and you like the, the sound of a of a keyboard, um, you know, a particular maybe like a Hammond organ sort of style, um, you know, go out and listen to the stranglers, and, and you, you'll know what I'm getting at. Some of the the arrangements that they add on their yeah. their 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 recordings, but as I say, even you know, when when you saw this guy live, and I must have seen him at least twenty to twenty five times. And um, yeah, outstanding, really quiet guy. Got to meet him once. Um, at, at a, they, they did a thing down in Tower Records in Piccadilly in London once uh, for uh, one of the albums. And uh, really, he, he, but he was just a really nice, quiet guy. Um, so I think people saw him as a bit of an extrovert. Uh, the band members now saying he, he was probably on the you know on the scale, right? Know, the, Makes uh, sense. That's not what you would you call it these days, um, or spectrum, whatever whatever it is. But uh, yeah, but uh, and but luckily, uh, the last album that came out uh, a couple of months ago uh, that did contain about nine tracks that they that had been recorded before he died. But um, and it is a really good album. Um, but um, yeah, that's my 
Right. As soon as uh, you know Dave came up with this topic a couple of weeks ago, that was instantly came into my mind. And uh, yeah, he's he's the backbone of my my band. Amazing. I like that. I, I expect you'd come out of the Hugh Cornwell rather than that, but um, Hugh Hugh um, wrote some pretty good lyrics, and mm. songs, and, and guitar again. But I can only pick one, and I, I, yeah. on another day maybe. I, I'm not, I don't think I would. I mean, uh, I could have picked the whole band from the Stranglers, Jet Bat, JJ um, Bernal on bass guitar, um, but I could only pick one, and yeah. Dave Greenfield stands out for me. Yeah. And uh, he, he spoke about New uh, Cornwall. I think one of his one of his greatest um, things I heard him say at a live gig. You know, after Dave had gone through one of his solos. He said, he said, wow, Dave, he said, you put Rick Wakeman in the shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, brilliant. That I was on my show. Curveballs about two in a row. Yeah, I, I, have to, I have to say, you can tell Alan is, is, uh, is moved and, and, uh, and deeply, you know, Emotionally connected with the the, the, uh, the Stranglers, um, it was a very sad loss to, especially you know big followers of the of the Stranglers like Alan. Um, I I dipped into their music, didn't realize how great they were until I started getting involved in this podcast and listening more to the bands that we we bring forward in the podcast. And uh, excellent choice. I I would have put Rick Wakeman there. People would have said maybe Billy Joel, but um, I don't think Billy <laughs> will fit in with anybody, to be honest with you. That's a great choice, Alan. Great choice. Nice. Excellent. Nice one. So one more, isn't there? Are we, there is. Yeah, going to Edinburgh now. Okay. To Edinburgh. The votes from the votes from Edinburgh. Right. Okay, right. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the drummer and I'll tell you why, because it's blatantly obvious that I'm a massive Queen fan. Mm-hmm. And I could have easily chosen uh best vocalist, guitarist, bass guitarist from the same band. Yeah. But the best the best drummer though for me is John Bonham of Led Zeppelin. I uh it was the first thing I listened to when when I heard Zeppelin, this this would be back when I was eighteen, I completely flunked my A levels first time round. I was too fond of playing Gaelic football and Chasing tail, as you would say. It <laughs> uh, was it was a, a lovely girl called Ladine in my life at, the, at, at that time, and I was, God, I was studying, I was doing physics, maths, geography, and politics for my A levels, and I crashed and burned, uh, and then I, I got really pally with a guy called Colm Owens, who's now uh, a heart surgeon up at the Royal Victoria in Belfast, and Colm, he, he was an absolute breath of fresh air to me in my life. Um, because once once that happens to you when you're 17, 18 years of age, you, you really do hit rock bottom. You think, well, everybody's moving on. They're going to university. He and I repeated our A-levels, and I would come around to his house, and he had a record player. I didn't have a record player. I had an old tape recorder. And he started playing Led Zeppelin, and I, I was instantly absolutely hooked on this stuff. And it wasn't a lead guitarist. It wasn't the 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 the, uh, the lead vocalist nor the uh the bass guitarist it was it was the drummer the drummer constantly 
came out of those records and hit me smack between the eyes. John Bonham is an absolute legend. I defy anyone to say otherwise. People can talk about Ginger Baker. Uh, you know, you can you can list the greatest drummers of all time. For me, Bonham, um, he he made you know he, he started playing with a double bass drum. Uh, and, and to hear that on the likes of uh, on, on Led Zeppelin to Moby Moby Dick, one of the the second last song in side B, uh, the ocean. I could go on. I could bore the arse of the listeners with this. For me, John Bonham is. You know, he came. He came to a sad demise. He, he went out on the lash. Uh, a man after my own heart had a bottle of whiskey or whatever, and uh, obviously. Died of asphyxiation. He choked on, choked on himself. And and Led Zeppelin, and this is this is the kind of this is how influential he was in this band. Led Zeppelin said, "That's it, no more." So I, I think often of well, what if Roger Taylor had died, or what if you know Ginger Baker or uh, Phil Collins in Genesis? They would have gone on, they would have done something else, even Mercury with Queen. But Bonham was such a linchpin, such a keystone in that band. And and, and the the sound, he was he was a massive contributor to the sound of Zeppelin. Um he broke the mold. So John Bonham for me is is the drummer in my fantasy band. Very good. Yeah. He's the best drummer there's ever been apparently. Yeah. In all the lists you look at He's number one. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I didn't get near any lists for this one because it was dead easy to, to go in there in the Rolling Stone and, and what have you. And I just thought, no, this is this is totally from the heart. This yeah. is like what you've been brought up on. There's a reason why you gravitate towards certain bands, certain sounds. It's because you, you hear something like a hook, like you with the Stranglers, Alan, and the keyboards. Um. It was like me with Led Zeppelin. It's, you know, you play it, and your 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 chest would be pounding with the bass. And it wasn't John Paul Jones playing the bass. It was John Bonham, supported by John Paul Jones. Your yeah. T-shirt would be shaking. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Great, great sounds. Great sound. Yeah. Excellent. What what other rest think? Yeah, great. I mean, he he. That's my reserve choice gone. But I don't think anyone would have selected my first choice drummer, I hope. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, he was my second choice. Um, brilliant choice. What can you say? You're right about him being a linchpin and the whole sound, the whole Led Zeppelin sound is based around him, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You use the word keystone. I think that's that's the thing for, for the yeah. band. As indeed it works the same for like a lot of other bands, just he's right up there. And I'm sure we can all come up with our favourites if there's anyone... Sort of, a, and there are a few people you could argue, depending on your style of music that you enjoy, that that you go for. And I don't want to put any names out there in case that compromises anyone's votes. But yeah, fantastic. Do you know, there's one, one little thing before before uh, we go on to Finn. Um, there's the, the digitally remastered songs uh, since I've been loving you. Uh, if you listen to it, you can hear the squeak of the hi hat. Yeah. So if you if you if you just turn it up a little bit louder, and you chill out, and you blank everything out, and you've got a nice quiet room, you can hear the squeak of the hi hat when Bonham's um, 
on that on that tune. It's 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 brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Nice one. Nice one. Okay, then um, we're going to start the the second round, guys. Just looking at time, we probably just need to pick it up a little bit, or or just abbreviate a little bit of what we say, just to uh, make sure we can get everything done in in one sitting today. Yeah. Cool. That's well, yes, sir. Isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> we have it in May. So this one will be nice and quick, actually. Um, I mean, it was hard when I was thinking about this. It was hard not to go for sometimes. I know I went for Hendrix, but it was hard not to go for some that are typically considered as the best in the world at their trade and what they do. And I sort of started to think about moulding my band and who would I want to see in the band? What Who would suit the other people I've chosen? Um and I just wanted a really banging lineup. And I try not to be uh, predictable. A lot of people know what we all like from previous podcasts. And this probably is my most predictable, um, but it's still a surprise one. I've gone for a rhythm guitarist. I toyed with keyboards, and I'll tell you more about that later, but I don't want to compromise anyone. Um, and I've gone for a guitar, a rhythm guitarist that was self-confessed that he couldn't really play guitar. Um, he used to turn his amp down when he played, didn't think he could play, but he looked the part. He was an inspirational lyricist um, and made the band in the early years till his very sad disappearance. So I've gone with Richie Edwards from the Manic Street Preachers. He was just amazing. I, I saw them in the early days on their first couple of albums. Um, he only did two albums, then he had a few of his tracks posthumously on the third and fourth albums. Um, but he was brilliant. He just owned the stage, along with kind of Nicky Wire and James Dean Bradfield. He was standing there. Maybe he couldn't play guitar, but he looked like a rock star. And the, the main thing he brought to the band, I think, were his kind of cult status, which he's got now, but he brought the lyrics. And his lyrics, as they showed on an album probably five or six albums ago, after they unlocked a treasure trove of his lyrics that they could reveal after he was legally pronounced dead. Um, and there was an album written then, and his lyrics were just stunning. He was a poet, he was political, um, he was a literary fan of literature, you know, he was just amazing. So I've gone for a real curveball and put Richie Edwards in there along with Hendrix. Man's looking, that's, that's shaping up nicely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I can see them, I can see them playing really well together. Yeah, Hendrix could teach him all he knew. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I, I like that, Darren. You're, t- you're sticking true to yourself there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have all the way through. I've tried really hard to. Thank you very much. Okay, so I'm going to do similar. Um, so the guy that I'm putting forward for my second choice, um, he got his he got his uh, gig um, for this band because there was an audition. It was around one of the band members' house. And uh, he craftily decided to wait. And I think there was a swimming pool, so he did some swimming whilst all the others did their audition. So by the time he went in for for his uh, his opportunity, he already knew what they were looking for, what they wanted to do, and he nailed it down pat. And he has also played with Led Zeppelin. Ah. And it is Phil Collins. Ah. Nice one. Oh, yeah, he played with them at Lavia. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. I, know. I think I'd like to say he was jet lagged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phil Collins, brilliant choice. As as 
lead singer or drummer? He's in there as the drummer. Great He's in as drummer. Look, I mean, I, I love, I love early Genesis. I'm not going to talk about it afterwards. It doesn't really do it for me. Um, his his early spin-off band that he managed to find time to do before he started doing his solo work, Brand X. I saw them a couple of times, and he was great, and he showed his diversity. So he, you know, he plays rock drumming. He does prog rock. He does jazz rock. Um, he's he's uh, set up post post um, sort of the or in his later years, he set up a big swing band, and he recorded a big swing swing band album. So he covers lots of different genres. So um, uh, and and he can turn his his talents to singing as well if that's uh, if if required on there so yeah the, the, the instant uh, you hear um a track you know that's phil collins he's just got it's just um it's the i don't know what you call it yeah. it's the it's, it's individuality isn't it private. i'm not a drummer it's like it's, a, um, sig- it's a, like a signature isn't it just yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a shuffle, uh, yeah. like a shuffle. Yeah, there's a bit of jazz on, underneath on, there, isn't it's it? It's also on the snare as, on the, on the, as well. You mean, uh, and I did see yeah, a couple. Always, yeah, I was going to say I did see yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I saw Steve Hackett, who who's touring and they're doing the Seconds Out album, um, and uh, the the drummer he's got on tour is a guy who's been around for quite a while, Craig Blundell, and he's done. You know, I did a quite a good job, and I had a friend of mine who's a musician yeah. listening to it, saying, "You know what? That's not bad. That's pretty damn close to that particular style, his individual style." Okay, so to Finn, well, over to you. Well, well, my drummer, um, I wouldn't say he's he's the the best drummer in the world, but he's really solid. He's the guy who sits in the background and just bangs it out and keeps the rest of the band together. And actually, he was playing in front of crowds in, in the late 70s, before he was even in his teens, playing to crowds of 60, 70,000 people um, in, a, in a band called the Artane Boys Band, who used to um, <clears throat> play out the, the teams into the, the All-Ireland Gaelic and Hurling Finals. And he went on, you probably know him better as uh, Larry Mullen Jr. in U2. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he, what can I say? Like he, he's just as cool as be Jesus. He's knocking on sixty. If he's not sixty already, the guy must have a picture in his attic, like Dorian Gray. And <laughs> um, he, he looks mid forties tops. But he, he he's just solid. You know, not outstanding, but just solid. Kept the guys together and uh, good head on him, and apparently a, a lovely guy to boot. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's short and sweet. So I'm speaking things up to you there. Thank uh, you. Dave, Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. Barry Mullen Jr. Back in the yeah. I'd, I'd shag him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be before you in the queue, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you listen to any of our podcasts, but Mark and I are massive U2 fans. Uh, he was. He didn't quite. He didn't quite make it to my number one choice, but he was my reserve as well. So I'm doing well, but um, yeah, I mean, brilliant. He is so steadfast. See if you had, if we would ask the question, who's the coolest drummer, yeah. right? It would be between, I think, Roger Taylor 
and Larry Mullen Jr. He's just, I mean, I, I've been lucky enough. I mean, I obviously haven't seen him as many times as as, as Darren has. But uh, yeah, you're, you're totally bang on the money, Finn. He's just, he's in there steadfast, um, keeping the band together. He's, he's another keystone, but in a different way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, you know, right. when, you, when you listen to Bullet the Blue Sky, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very distinctive sound, but like The Edge as well. It's a very distinctive yeah. sound. That's what sets you two apart from from bands. That's why the, they were the biggest export from Ireland, apart from Guinness. They're just, <laughs> there's a uniqueness, isn't there, about you two that yeah. uh, makes makes but, them so universal. Yeah, like when you when you think of Sunday Bloody Sunday and the whole story behind that song and like, that, that that's one of the greatest drum intros for me anyway you know that, that totally. military tattoo banging away yeah um, yeah yeah really, really I, did, cool. I didn't know he was in the rtn boys band I did not know that well there you go every day's a school day huh every day's a school day that's yeah. right played crowd 60 70 000 people as a kid you know and it took him a yeah. long while now when he joined you too before he was playing those sorts of crowds again yeah. you know wow. am i right am i right in saying this that he was the only when they when they formed the band, he was the only one that could play an instrument properly. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. hosted the, the note up in Mount Temple, you know, uh, looking to start a band, and they they formed in in his kitchen, his mother's kitchen. So yeah. uh, there you go. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, Larry Mullen Jr. Great, great choice. Hard to beat that. Can't Cheers. go wrong with that. Good. <laughs> Okay, over to Luton. Oh, me. Okay, I'm gonna keep up the um, the uh, the drummer as well on this one. Um, yes, probably seen this guy. Well, definitely seen him three times. First time was in '78. They're only a three-piece band, um, but this guy brings so much energy to them. They didn't release that many albums, but again he brings so much energy and just his style again pretty similar to that to larry uh sits in the background lets the boys in front or in this case one of the main boys in front do all the singing and and and, and write the songs but stuart copeland for me is a fantastic oh, yeah 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 great uh, choice here here great again, choice again you, you, you know you, you said about you know the the drums hitting you in, in the chest, Mark, and he does this. He just he just just brings so much energy to those songs. Um, you know, a message in a bottle. Just 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 the beginning of that just is brilliant. I mean, it's, but um, uh, but on slow songs as well, um, like Tea in the Sahara. Um, some he did write some rubbish. <laughs> when he that's the only thing about Stuart, can't write a song. Um, they let him loose, I think, on synchronicity, and um, he wrote sorry, the song sorry, called Mother. Listen, yeah, he wrote the song called Mother. I don't know why he uh, why he bothered really. I think I just let him do that, but apart from I let him off because, yeah, his drumming is it makes the police. And you know, when you've got when you've got you know a front man like you had. He just sat in. When you see this, when you when you see the police live, you see three people. 
There's no other backing singers. There's no other accompanying artists. Um, I was lucky enough to have saw them with 78. Um, then I saw them at um, Regatta de Bow, one of the first outside gigs that were done in Milton Keynes in uh, Milton Keynes Bowl. And um, when they and, uh, and then uh, 2010, when they did the world tour, saw them at Twickenham. I couldn't have been any further away from the stage than I was. Um, but yeah, great, great band. And he, he, he makes his band without, without Stuart Copeland. I'm not sure the state, the police would have been successful as they, as they were. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. They were up there and Sting was getting some fantastic songs. Yeah, uh, great without, boss. Pardon? Yeah. Without, without Stuart Copeland, you haven't got a police band. He was on my shortlist as well. And just to know he's managed to find a good career now composing soundtracks. Yeah. I, I, I have to completely agree with you there, Alan. Without Copeland, there would be no police. Um, everybody defers to Sting. But the, the song that I think of, and, and before I get massively into Queen and all the rest of it, um, the police were my go-to. Um, so lonely. Uh, the intro to that with the drums yeah. is fantastic. Um, and I remember watching a, being a sad individual that I am, watching a documentary on drummers, uh, because that's essentially what I wanted to be if I was in a band. I'd, I'd love to have been the drummer. And Copeland presented the programme, but he was so uh, erudite, articulate, uh, knowledgeable of, 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 of everything that he was, he was going on about. He, he turned it into the, the whole program into not just who could beat the skin or, or beat the life out of the skin, but it, just how well it was done. He turned it into a, a, a kind of classical art form. And that's, I think, what, what differentiates the likes of Stuart Copeland from, from the rest. You, you look at Phil Collins, Charlie Watts, classical, classically trained jazz drummers. Copeland, there's, there's an extra dimension to him. There's something about him. There's something incredibly intelligent about the guy that sets him apart from the others. Uh, and and uh, you, you only have to listen to those four or five albums to realise how um, influential he was with the band. Great choice. Brilliant. Nice. Brilliant. Nice one. Okay. We're over to, uh, to Mark then for your second choice. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Right, okay, I'm going to go for the guitarist. Um, I'm going for a chap from Amsterdam. Uh, it's not it's not someone like Joe Santriani or anyone like that. It's um, the late great, died last year, Eddie Van Halen. Um, not, even, not even Brian May can tie this boy's shoelaces. I think Eddie Van Halen is the greatest rock, heavy metal guitarist ever to have graced the planet. Um, okay, people might give me a ride about that, but um, I, I get into Van Halen and about. I was at the Gale Talk Finn back in what age was it? It would have been '87, and I made a mind a guy called Damien McStay from Ostrever. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he uh, 
he stuck on Van Halen OU812 hmm. and um, the opening track to that side A was AFU um, all fired up we, we, we all know it stands for something else <laughs> and then there were tracks like Cabo Wabo and Black and Blue and what have you the guitar into it all was just I don't know it sent you into a trance it was so absolutely brilliant and of course Eddie Van Halen's appeared in other tracks for other artists um, the one that comes to mind is Michael Jackson's Beat It um, Eddie Van Halen's right in the middle of that and, and he was heavily involved in the Thriller album but yeah he, he, he goes in there he, he goes in there as my lead guitarist with um, John Bonham on drums so you can see where I'm going here Billy Joel obviously isn't going to be the keyboard player <laughs> no no Nice. Wow. I I thought briefly about Van Halen and I thought, well, I don't know enough of his stuff. I just don't. I I was introduced to him by Bill and Ted in their excellent adventure. (laughs) And that's about it. He's he's epic. He's honestly, I mean, he's sitting looking at, I mean, I I got massively into um, solo guitarists shortly after um, 92 because you had all these guests coming on to the, it was the Freddie Mercury tribute. And you had um, Tony Iommi. Uh, oh, God, I'm sure there are plenty more. Slash came on. And you're yeah. looking at all these guys. And then I started getting into the solo stuff for the guitarists. Stevie Vai, Joe Satriani. Uh, and that's Eddie Van Halen. Pure genius. You can hardly, his fingers move that quickly. And it's so original. It's You can tell, just like yeah. he's playing, you can, tell, you can tell Eddie Van Halen's on that track. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Died long before his time. I mean, he was tortured like, like many genius. Um, he, he was he was tortured with um, alcohol and um, and drugs. Yeah, and uh, sadly left us at the. God, what age was he? We born in uh, born in fifty five, so he was, he was young. He was yeah. sixty odd, sixty five. Yeah, tough, tough. Yeah. Okay, good one there. That's great, uh, Darren. Here we go around again. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the um, guitarist theme going. I'm I'm gonna come up with my third guitarist. So I've gone for a bass player here. Um, this guy, amazingly high energy, um, bouncing. I can only say energetic bouncing bass riffs. Um, Born Michael Balzari, which probably won't mean much to any of you, but you might know him as Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I My second think, choice. Yeah, he, was it really? Oh, there yeah. you go. I mean, I think he's, he's got a sound that no, I've never heard anyone else emulate. Every single note he plays on that bass bounces, and you can feel the energy, and you can see the energy coming off him as well when he's jumping around the stage and... Maybe not so much these days. I think he's probably a bit calmer these days. But um, um, heavily influenced by his jazz musician dad or stepdad as he was growing up. But he rebelled against that and said, no, I'm going, I'm going off jazz. I'm going to play some rock. <laughs> and then, and he's the only guy, the only Red Hot Chili Peppers member, I think, that's been there right through. Maybe apart from Kiedis. But yeah. yeah, he's been there right through and still is as far as I know. Um, also played with uh, Mars Volta 
Uh, Atoms for Peace, a new project he's done with Tom York in the last few years. Hold on, he played with Mars Volta, did you say? <coughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's out there. That's out there, um, Psych Rock. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And um, that was deloused in the Cometorium. Yeah, I've got, I've got that. Have you? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and Tom York, I mean, probably 10 years ago now, he started playing with Tom York, but... I just think, um, along with Hendrix and Richie Edwards, I think he's a perfect fit as a third guitarist. So we've got Flea on bass. Brilliant. Can't cancel that choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I think all mine are yeah. quite safe. I don't think anyone's going to, apart from Hendrix, nobody's going to have the same first choices, I don't think, as I've got. So, yeah. Um, so far, I'm so happy with my lineup. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so I'd better pick someone else then. I'm going to go for my fifth musician. We've we got, I've got some different. Bernie on third. Bernie on two. <laughs> on yeah, two. What? Four, fourth. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My my. Third, third, my three. Yeah, sorry. It's my third choice, but for my other musician, so it's a bit out there. Um, oh, 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 did you choose Flea as well? No. Have you been beaten twice? <laughs> I, I I did have Flea on my list, but that was on the short list. He didn't quite it's make hard. it. Ah, I didn't expect you'd have Flea on there. Well, uh, but he complements so many styles. He's he is a first time oh, guy. Completely. Um, I know someone a bit more traditional on on keyboard. Someone who can hold a tune. He can sing a bit. Um, been around a long while. Might want to grab some of the limelight, which could be a bit of a problem. Um, Elton John. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, somebody would have him. So, <laughs> yeah, someone someone who can uh, he's obviously played in, a, in in bands before when he's had to. I know he's normally led them before. Um, very versatile in in everything that he does. And um, I've looked at lots of different other people I could bring in there, but I, I'm trying to go for a bit of a celebrity lineup in my in my band. Hopefully, come up with a name that's suitable for them as well on there. So, Elton's in there. Easy choice for me. So you know, you're up for the dead or the nearly dead. Oh, they <laughs> <laughs> artificially see, alive. See, you know that, that that's interesting. This is the first time in the podcast tonight that I've thought contentious, right? And the reason I say that is because we've all chosen fantastic individuals and how they might blend into a team that is a band and produce a great you know, live gig. Elton John, he's brilliant. He's absolutely, no one can deny it. But would he be happy to settle back and just play the keyboard? Would he be happy just to sit back and play the piano? Would he? Would he fuck? No, right? no, absolutely. No, he'd be there. They, they, they'd all be fighting. They'd all be fighting for the light. That exactly, exactly. Right exactly. So I'm thinking, great choice. I'm all for that. I think he's, he's probably... Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he's he's one of the greatest that Britain's ever produced. Um, would he be in a band, though? Would he be in a band? He is now. He is now. He is now. Whether he likes it or not. Yeah. 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 So you got it. You had him on keyboards, did you? Not vocals. I had him on keyboards. Yep. Yep. Saving up my vocalist. Oh, wow. Excellent. Right. Here we go. Curly Here we go. Here we go then. Yeah. Finn. yeah. Finn, your 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 right. third choice. Okay, my third choice. Uh, my bassist 
um, Bruce Fox and, from the Jam. So I think he's absolutely amazing. You know, like we started off uh, all mock hands and his style was, was kind of fairly straightforward, you know, but uh, a couple of years later on Setting Suns, you know, like he, he really took off, he, you know, he, um, Saturday's Kids, Eating Rifles, um, just blew my socks off. Um, fantastic kind of grown up bass as opposed to the kind of teenage bass that he that he had on on all my cons. Um, like I say, it was it was fairly straightforward, simple, staccato. You know, uh, likes David Watts and stuff. But uh, yeah, he grew um, over over a couple of years. Now I'm actually talking here. <clears throat> listening back because i was a, a little bit young when when the jam were in their heyday but uh but listening back you know uh, a bomb and mordor street just punchy in there but then you get on to eating rifles and it's real grown-up stuff um absolutely cracking out. i can't think of any more anyone more solid than a rondo base um the only thing was if i was going to have him in my band his haircuts over the years have been really, really ropey. Bruce, if you ever listen to this, sorry, mate, but you have to wear a hat. <laughs> no fucking two ways about it. There you go. I'll tell you, we've got him and Stuart Copeland crying into their beers tonight. All right, <laughs> oh, I, I haven't finished yet. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I was lucky enough to see the jam twice. Um, yeah, one in um, one was uh, the Rainbow that was on the Sound Effects tour, and that was brilliant. Uh, fantastic, I can remember it now. Set the house ablaze. I think I've mentioned yeah. it before in here when uh, it's just right dead center, but up in the circle, and uh, the red spotlights just going um, Weller and, and Foxton bouncing around, or you know. Well, it, you know, Foxton doing their traditional jumps, you know, and it was brilliant. Uh, yeah, great. And then I saw them at the Palais. Um, right, a good band, a good venue. Fan. I mean, Absolute Beginners came out as a single, I think now. Would have been, I, I think it was, um, it would have been on the, the Gift the gift Tour, that was, yeah. But yeah, great band live. And uh, yeah, he's a great bassist. Yeah, actually, and... Uh, Again, I've mentioned before, he was on my honeymoon in uh, uh, June 1984. Stayed at the same hotel as him. Oh, wow. Well, nice one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, got got talking to him, you know, together with you know, a couple of other guys who, because, you know, they they were a very popular band back then, still are. But um, in the 50s. Yeah, got, got, to, got to talk to him. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, one night he got up and he, he, he said to me, where's the books? Where's the books? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it was another time. Oh, yeah. Then he was dancing uh, another night. He was up on, in the roof garden at the hotel. We are both dancing there to the Human League, Don't You Want Me Baby? <laughs> that must have been a sight. <laughs> yeah. No, no disrespect, Alan. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, nice chat. Excellent stuff. Good choice. Thank think, you. I think Alan, both me and you have seen all of 
Finn's choices, playing live? Yeah, I think we have so yeah. far, yeah. Um, okay, you're this off. This is a guy over... Uh, is it me next? Yeah, it is indeed. Yep. This is a guy I've seen live quite a number of times. Again, probably at least 20, 25 times. I, I've, I've lost track. Um, but I've, I've seen him from a distance and I've also been very close. And this guy can play bass guitar like no other. Um, with due respect to Bruce Foxton. Slightly different style. The slap funk style of a Mark King from uh, Level 42. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. 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 He's, um, yeah. yeah, he's just phenomenal. You try and watch his fingers. He makes it look so simple. And he does it all with so much politeness on stage. He's not showing off. He's funny. He can play the bass. And, yeah. I mean, again, I, I, I can't really think of anybody else who plays in that style. You know, with a... Yeah, he's a standout bass player, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's great. Uh, he's a great vocalist as well. Um, so I'm sure he'd be happy to put in some backing vocals uh, in, in my, my band. But I think... Um, and he's actually quite a good friend of Stuart Copeland's. Uh, he was in a, uh, the Copeland formed a band a couple of years ago, um, together with some, I can't remember their name, got the album, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but yeah, they actually, they've actually played together. So I think they, they'd be great. Uh, but Mark King, uh, so he's quite funny on stage, but he's a fantastic, um, bass player and some of the, the basses that he's had over the years, you know, with the necks all all the, the neck lights up. You know, if you read one 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 of his guitars would be would be red fret. The next he'd pick up it would be a blue fret. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just um, a, a great performer, a consummate professional. And uh he's just a joy to, to go and see. And uh bass solos he can do them. Amazing. Uh, I have to say, two two of the uh, bass guitarists that I have in my top five shortlist, uh, Flea and Mark King. Oh, there you go. Uh, Mark, Mark King is is unique, completely unique, and that is a a brilliant choice. Yeah, can't fault that. Yeah. I don't know how much you love Level Forty Two as well, Alan. Yeah, no, great. Great, great band, it's a superb live, and um, yeah, uh, with all mine so far, I think, um, I think I've been to see these bands, I think, you know, I think seeing these people do it live really brings it home to you, okay, you can listen to stuff on, on vinyl and that, but there's nothing like seeing that, you know, a person that you, you know, you you've grown to love, but see, to, when you see see them play it live, it's obviously, it's, it's it's real life. And it's it's remarkable how, you know, some of these performers just make it look so easy. Mm. You know, I can't play, I can't play, I can't play an instrument. The only thing I can play is the pool. And, um, <laughs> but I've got great admiration for, uh, the musicians. 
Okay. Without whom we wouldn't have any music. No, no. They're great. I think we're, um, you're building up quite a good band there. Yeah. Mark, your, your chance. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the bass guitarist. And uh, the reason being, while well, it's still fresh in my mind, it, Flea was, was definitely in my top five. Uh, what I would say is a, a, a homage to Alan's Mark King. Um, it was a real toss-up between one of three bass guitarists. I obviously can't choose the other obvious one because um, the lead vocalist is uh, is my is my choice in that band. Anyway, uh, Mark King would have been in there. Jack Bruce was another. Uh, but I've gone with a big a big hello to Andy Slavin with this one. I've gone with John Entwistle of the Who. Uh-huh. Uh, Otherwise known as uh, Thunderfingers, or, or the the Ox, they called him as well. Big big Johnny Twinkle. Uh, I, I I did. I've only known him by one nickname, and that was Thunderfingers. Um, I, I do mention my mum and dad a lot in these podcasts, but uh, my mum was was a great influence on my, on my, you know, my my knowledge of music and my love of music. However, my father. Every now and again, would come out with a pearl of musical wisdom. Uh, apart from Elvis Presley, Roy Orbison, he introduced me to the Who. Uh, listened to them, just like John Bonham. This bass guitar goes through your chest. Uh, when you think of some of the great tracks, I mean, my generation is mm-hmm. is the one that comes to mind. But uh, End Whistle, he, he's just like a classic. He's, he's the Charlie Watts of bass guitar. Just sits there, gets on with the job, and does it superbly. Yeah. Um, and every Who track that I listen to, whether it's you know Quadrophenia or you know any, any of their classics, End Whistle for me. It's not Daltrey or Townsend that come out or in 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 the. Uh, out of the track, it's it's end whistle. And what I what I'm trying to do here is say to you, the great bands like Led Zeppelin, you've got Plant Page, Jones, but Bonham absolutely makes the difference. For me, in the Who, end whistle is the guy who just adds that extra sparkle or that extra dimension to the sound, the sound that is the Who. Uh, I, I'm, I'm right after this. I'm actually going to put on my generation and <laughs> crank it up high, just, 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 just to listen to whistle uh, play. Um, and he was taken, taken before his time as well. He was, I don't know, in his forties, I think, fifties, early fifties. Yeah, probably young. Um, so yeah, he, he goes in there as my bass guitarist. Wow. Excellent stuff. Good choice. And, and just as a small aside there, if you're any of you are ever talking to Roger Daltrey, his favourite small uh, drinking town with a fishing problem in Ireland is Scaries. Get out. He's, ah! Been here a few times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. But, uh, made of my local publican, uh, Ollie Grimes, is, uh, is a pal of his. So, nice. Uh, there you go. Excellent. Okay, Stella, line up you have. So, I mean, uh, that, that is a great, that is a great choice. But 
I'm I'm kind of different because I can't when I listen to the Who, I can't get past Daltrey. I think his voice just to me stands yeah. out anything else. But maybe I should listen to it with a different lens next time. Next time I hear, yeah, it. it's 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 interesting, isn't it? It's interesting, like you know, what do you, what do you pick up on? Yeah, um, maybe it was just you know your first ever experience of it. But I remember hearing the Who on um, oh, it would have been my uncle Paul Kennedy's. You know, surround system. Well, it wasn't a surround system back then, but it was. It was. It was pretty. Pretty much a. It was a bit of oomph in it. I guess so. And it, yeah, and this. This. Well, and it was a proper like. You know, the stacked systems. Yeah, yeah. And it was all in all in kind of brushed silver. Mm. This gorgeous uh, turntable and big speakers. Nice. And uh, yeah, so that's when I first heard the who. Um, um, my own fella was was the um, the compere that day. Thanks for story. Coming together very well. Okay, Darren, your turn. Number four. Okay. Um, well, I'm getting pretty worried because I don't think anyone's mentioned a lead singer yet, have they? So no. I think we're all we're all very confident <laughs> that nobody's going to trump them. Um, I'm going to keep that going. I'm not going to mention a lead singer yet. So I don't think anyone's going to have mine. Um, now, so I'm going on to my drummer. And I was very close to having Larry Mullen Jr. as Finder. Uh, I, but I didn't want to be, I, I bang on a lot about you 2 on here. I bang on a lot about the Smiths. And I didn't want to be predictable and go for anybody like that. And besides, they wouldn't fit in with Hendrix and Rich Gibbers and Fleet. So I've gone for an extremely loud, rowdy, energetic drummer to fit in with those guys. Um, <laughs> There was a comment from a certain guy when uh, when this drummer got recruited to the band. A certain guy called Kurt Cobain said, I have the best drummer in the world now. So I have gone for Dave Grohl uh, of Nirvana before the Foo Fighters time. So um, I just think he, he fit in with my band. I had a short list of five or six drummers in the end. And he was perfect. He was such a loud raucous drummer and he had energy enthusiasm you could tell he was enjoying absolutely everything he was doing um and that's why he fits into this band perfectly so i've gone for dave Grohl, who you'll all know absolutely that's a great yeah. that's a great choice like, he, he's the sort of guy who would just fit in with anybody you know yeah he, he really would yeah brilliant brilliant thank you very much was he in the DGs? <laughs> he was indeed. <laughs> in more recent times, he was in the DGs, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. That was the rep. Was that the record store day BGs cover? Yeah, band? I think that was the most popular uh, this year. Yeah, they were selling for hundred hundred pounds upwards, wasn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this 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 is where I turn around and um, plug his book. So the reason why I'm plugging his book is um, I, I call her my virtual wife, um, very good friend of mine up in Dundee, Claire, um, is is currently reading, listening, whatever, to his book that he's just released. He was on the Graham Norton show. It's called <laughs> The Storyteller. Yeah, it's called The Storyteller: Tales of Life and Music. And I'm absolutely itching to get a hold of it. I, um, he, he's, he's, I think it's a warts and all account of his, his life 
through Nirvana and and as as the main man and the Foo Fighters and what have you. Yeah. So, yeah, I was never a fan of Nirvana. My brother was a massive fan. He was into uh, a lot of thrash metal, Anthrax, yeah. Sepultura, Helmet, guys like that. But where we met in the middle was Nirvana. Yeah, and back we, in the we met. Sorry, yeah. No, I was just going to say that's where we met in the middle. That's where we, where we kind of came to a kind of agreement on things. Yeah. And as I said in previous podcasts, then he started going out with girls and asked me for a lend of my Simon and Garfunkel and my Billy Joel. He was obviously <laughs> curtain, curtain girls and wanting to smooth them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was yeah. a bit like that with Nirvana as well. I, I was lucky enough to see him live at Reading 92. Yeah. But a mate of mine, it got to about, I don't know, 45 minutes in, something like that. And a mate yeah. of mine said, should we go and nick a Reading road sign? I really want one for my like, bedroom for his flat. <laughs> and we went, yeah, they're a bit shit, aren't they? So about halfway through their now absolutely famous Reading slot, we went away to steal a Reading road sign. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I, there. I was there and I did see some of the set. My, yeah. my brother, well, without taking away from Dave Grohl, um, my brother actually had a ticket to see Nirvana. Uh, I think it was in Dublin, uh, Finn. Uh, it was, I think he died on August the 8th. And my brother had a ticket for August the 9th. And, oh, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, he kept it. So that would have been their next gig the next day. Um, the right. night before he took yeah, he took us. Right, his life. is my birthday, and I think that's yeah. about literally now. Yeah, so I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah. My brother had a ticket for the next day to see Nirvana in Dublin, <laughs> and um, obviously woke up to the sad news, tragic news. Yeah. Gold's yeah. brilliant. I've I've seen him at Murrayfield with the Foo Fighters, and he is absolutely mental. I've never seen him in a drumming capacity. I'd love to, because if he's anything like the the lead that he is. He'd be, oh. he'd be brilliant behind the the the, uh, the drums. He's just phenomenal, and he's so enigmatic, and he? he really is. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There you go. So that's my four choice. Right. Well, we're we're getting, getting close. Then. Getting yeah. close. Okay. So right. in my in my band, I've got Prince, Phil Collins, and Elton John. So I need a nice retiring bassist. In fact, I guess someone who was there. Right at the beginning, um, he's been around, still going today. Chalked up eighty recently. I'd probably pick a sixties version of him, um, Macca. Get- oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, good man, good man. You've had the balls to choose Paul McCartney. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Well, in fairness, who, who was ripped off by Bruce Foxton and the Tax Man? You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And you know, I, I was lucky enough to see see McCartney in the uh, in the eighties, and just hearing him playing those Beatles songs when in those days he only did, he normally had four Beatles songs that he sung. Shivers down your spine. Even though I wasn't the biggest of Beatles fans, but you just can't get away from greatness when you hear it. Oh, here, here. Here, here. You can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's yeah, me. Solid. That's it, really, isn't it? It's Paul McCartney. What yeah. more can you say? He's in there. He's in there. He's, he's locked he's, in. Yeah. 
again. Yeah. It's going to be a bit of a race to the uh, vocalist, isn't it, coming up soon? But before well, that... Does anybody, does anybody think that somebody might have their vocalist as well? Uh, you probably know my vocalist. Yeah, we probably do. Anyone else? I, I might have him down <laughs> as much. I'm going to play <laughs> him. He's going to be the I'm, guy who binds... I'm he's the glue. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't know my vocalist. Okay. Um, Mark, may, maybe you do, but it, it's a it's a bit left field, and it, it's a bit of a home choice. But um, anyway, sorry, am I up next? I don't know. You, you are up next now, Finn. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm still gonna save my vocalist for last. Yeah. <clears throat> my fourth choice is Kurt Fiddler, and um, this guy, even though I'm, you know, talking about, you know. I've got three guys, fairly rocky. Um, this guy as a fiddler would, would fit in very, very well. He he's played with U two. He's played with Elvis Costello. Um, it's Steve Wickham from the Water Boys, um, a, a lesser known band called No Pros. So, Steve, <clears throat> you're in here today. If you're listening, Excellent. happy birth, happy birthday to you, buddy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Steve Wickham, um, the the guy's phenomenal. I've seen him playing many times. I've only seen him once with the Water Boys. I've seen him playing many times with No Crows. Um, I got to know Steve. I met him first time eleven years ago when I was working in Bern. So, uh, uh, do do we have time for for a very quick story, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Finn, you can. Oh, Finn, a, you can. Oh, it's time for a story. Yeah. <laughs> We normally ask, but yeah. just do I was I yeah. was working working in, in Bern in Switzerland, and uh, the old the old crash had happened in Ireland. I'd been out of work for ages, and, and a mate of mine got me a got me a gig over there. But uh, I was had a small apartment in in the Alstad in the old city in Bern, and uh, every August they have this uh, Berner Strassen Music Festival, which is a street music festival, um, called Buskers Bern. And it attracts, it runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, attracts around 70,000 people. It's free. And people just play out on the street. You know, um, now, <clears throat> not anybody can just rock up and play. You, you need to be, be part of the gig. But anyway, I was, I was in a pal's bar um, having a few drinks with some friends. And <laughs> one of them pointed out this uh, Italian guy who was going around uh, with a set of bagpipes and he was telling everybody that he was Irish and he was not just chatting up the women, he was touching them up and generally being a pest. And uh, <clears throat> the Swiss being the Swiss were being very nice and polite to him and I thought the guy was another asshole. But one of my buddies, a local guy, went over to him and said, oh, you're, you're Irish. He said, yes, I am Irish. And he said, oh, come on over here. Do my Finn. He's, he's Irish as well. So your man wasn't too happy. He came over. And I said, oh, where are you from, buddy? And he says, I am from a Dublin. And I said, all right, Reed. And he was, he was jarred. And I said, yeah, where, where in Dublin are you from? Are you a north side or a south side? And he says, I am from the centre. I go, oh, Christ almighty, here we go. So I said, look, pal, I don't really think that you're Irish. <laughs> and you're definitely not from Dublin. And he said, yes, I am. He got all, you know, Italian and indignant. And uh, I said, come here. 
here's a question for you. What's what's the name of the brewery in Dublin, the famous brewery? And he said, ha, I know. It is the Guinness of Brewery. And I said, sorry, pal, it's St. James's Gate. I said, if you're from <laughs> Dublin, you know that. So he, he started realising that the game was up and he, he was pissed and he started getting arsy and uh, giving it, you could say that 50 cuts were coming, you know. But then I started saying a couple of fuck will mark, a couple of words in Irish, and the oh, sure, all bets were off. He he was on for defending his his Irish honour, you know. And uh, it it was getting quite tasty. And I thought, no, actually, I'm, I'm at a mate's bar. I, I can't be having a rook here, you know. I said, listen, here, I'll tell you what. Calm down there, pal. I'm going to go in. I'm going to buy you and me a beer. And then... We'll talk about it and sort this out. You got to buy me a beer? And I said, yeah. I said, because that's what an Irishman did. You know, we're, we're like that. We're <laughs> hospitable. Don't you know? So anyway, in I went. And because the festival was on, the place was jointed. And I'm standing at the bar. It's like three deep, waiting to, to get served. <clears throat> this guy rocks up next to me in a, in a, a bowler hat and a purple crushed velvet jacket and he says uh, I am from a Dublin too are you going to buy me a beer and I says you go fuck right off pal <laughs> and uh, sorry pardon my French I don't know if person's loud in this podcast yep. and uh, he, he started laughing I said how are you doing I'm Ben I said uh, who are you and he says uh, how are you I'm Steve and I said you here for the festival and he said yeah yeah myself and my band are, are playing you know and I said all right grand grand I said uh, so what's the name of the band I said I'll, I'll pop around and see you playing tomorrow and he said oh no crows oh fair enough so anyway that that was that I got myself in the Italian beer and um, he went away happy and there, there were no fisty cuffs but it was later on that night I was looking up no crows and fucking lo and behold it was Steve Wickham but the last time <laughs> I would have seen it would have been like 25 years before when he was, you know, the Amazing. old fresh face lad, you know, there he is, big grey beard on him and what have you. But uh, yeah, I, I got to know him quite well after that. His band played regularly at Bern, for uh, mandolin player, he was originally from Bern. So it uh, so started a beautiful relationship. So mm. anyway, sorry to digress, but um, no, yeah, no. happy birthday Dave, if you ever listen to this. Um, brilliant fiddle player. Um, like I say, seen him many, many times. The guy is awesome. The the sounds that that can, that guy can get out of a fiddle are incredible, and he can play so many different genres. Um, absolutely out, outstanding. And one thing that that people probably don't know about Steve is he, he's a brilliant singer as well. Um, like <clears throat> quite raspy, um, rough and ready, but Jesus, the the, the heart and the passion. That he gets in when he's when he's singing, um, just phenomenal. But like I say, I've got a rock crew on board, and I think Steve as a fiddle play, fiddle player would just slot right in and um, just bring it up a level, and an extra level of depth to uh, to the musical tone. Fantastic, brilliant. There you go. Oh. And it's class, mate. Right. Happy Saturday, yeah, I love it. We've got a fiddle in there. Superb. Cheers. I've, I've probably seen him play, but I, I just, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know who he was, to be honest. I know if it was back in the eighties, sure, we were probably all drunk anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah, I would have been. Yeah, and I've seen the Water Boys a few times, and I, I'm sure I've seen him, but.
<laughs> he's there at the side, adding an extra level of depth to what yeah. Andre. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Great choice. Excellent. Nice one. Uh, Alan, here we go. Your fourth choice. My fourth choice. Okay. So this is a lead guitarist, but that in actual fact, the first time I saw them, saw him play live, um, he was actually playing the electronic, uh, an electronic violin. And, ah. uh, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I know who you're Ooh. talking about. Competition. Okay. Ooh. I, oh, I think it, I think I know who you're talking about here. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, it's Emma, Emma Bunton. <laughs> <laughs> now she's gone. <laughs> no, he played the violin, um, but he's more uh, uh, commonly known for playing lead guitar for Simple Minds, and that is uh, Charlie Virtual. Yeah, good choice. Nice. Um, some would say predictable, but uh, there's no getting away with it. Uh, he is a great guitarist. Um, some of his uh, chords and and licks, as the young people used to call them, um, are superb. Uh, they uh, fashioned, I think, uh, particularly in the early days, uh, Simple Minds. Uh, they were very much, uh, I suppose, at the time they when they when they first started trying when they were making music, they were influenced by the likes of Roxy Music. Uh, and that certainly bears bears that out. Um, they, they're, um, I mean, it's just, I think, just he's made the band. Um, you know, aside from the lead singer, um, you know, he, he's. I mean, those two have you know still going around as and, and playing with Simple Minds, but the rest of the band, you know, have, have moved on, but. And again, he's one of these guys. He's very, he's nonchalant. He's not grabbing the, the you know, the, you know, the spotlight at all. He just does what he does. He, he, he's very good at it, and uh, he's just a joy to just when you see him play live. And again, it's a, it's a band I've seen. Uh, I don't know more times than I can remember. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a really great guitarist and. Yeah, wonderful to hear live. Excellent. I I saw Simple Minds play uh, for the first time in 1983. Same same gig as um, Big Country. You two were headlining. They were on the war tour, but they were playing in the Phoenix Park in Dublin at Phoenix Park Racecourse. It's called the Day of the Races. Yeah. But the the stage configuration was quite unusual. It was a massively long stage probably around 100 yards wide um, kind of facing out onto the the race course grounds so the the entire crowd had most of the stage to stand right in front of instead of the stage being down the end of the stadium or something but I'll never forget it was the hottest day that summer it was 27 degrees in Dublin and I'll never forget when they played someone somewhere in summertime yeah. and it was just the, the heat the atmosphere and the boys just Jim Kerr, the guys run from one end of the stage to the other and massive, massive stage. It was just phenomenal. And it's just burnt into my my head like that's rock and roll, like that's performance. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. Um, when you, th you think about tracks like um, 
waterfront, the beginning of that track. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, yeah, I, I can't, uh, I can't speak highly enough really. And I've, I've got all their stuff. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, again, when I, after Dave Greenfield, it was one of the ones that was going to go in straight away. So yeah, my, my third ever gig was seeing Simple Minds at Wembley Arena. And then one of my most recent gigs, probably only 10 gigs ago, was seeing them at Plymouth Pavilions. Yeah. So I've gone from a big arena gig to an intimate venue like Plymouth. And Charlie Birchall stands out all the time. He's, he's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely great choice. And, you know, he, he won't say a word throughout the whole of the gig. No. But for thank you at the end of it. Yeah, just play. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, he just gets on with his work and he does it, you know, really well. Yeah, superb. Come so on. that's my that's my fourth choice. Who's in your mind so far? Who, what's your four so far, Alan? I've got uh, Dave Greenfield on keyboards. I've got Stuart Copeland on drums. I've got uh, the bassmeister, Mark King. Yeah. And uh, Charlie Birchall. Nice looking band. Yeah. These are all consummate professionals yeah i've worked well yeah yeah supreme brilliant excellent okay mark i might add as well you know i don't think there's a lot of drugs in this band <laughs> are you sure keeping it clean <laughs> maybe dave did some yeah they probably all have but what do i know I'm just the manager. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like Tony Wilson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Mark, you're off. Number four. Yeah, so picture, picture the scene. Uh, lead guitarist, Eddie Van Halen. Bass guitarist, John Entwistle. Drums, John Bonham. And then <clears throat> a diminutive figure. Uh, but... Um, a formidable one at that from Donny Carney, Dublin. Ah, uh, yes. Steps out onto the stage. He uh, learned how to play the tin whistle at the age of six. He learned how to play the Ellen pipes from the age of eight. He passed away two weeks ago. It's Paddy Maloney from the Chieftains. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Brilliant, brilliant. And and can I just say, yeah, another man. Um, like I'm, I'm not going to mention his name in in the same vein as as Steve Wickham because Paddy Baloney is like a god. But yes, another man who who could fit in with any musician of any genre, and and make it work. Ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta keep my yogurt, sir. Gotta my yogurt, sir, Makara. I, you know what would you? What I love about Maloney was um, there, there's um, there's a great album by the Chieftains called The Wide World Over. <clears throat> and they play with Sting, Van Morrison, they play with the Rolling Stones, they do a great version of the Rocky Road to Dublin. And you just know that the likes of Matt Malloy, Paddy Maloney, could just lift the bar on, they could lift the inland pipes, they could lift the whistle, and they could play with anyone, anything, they were so eclectic 
despite the fact that the roots were, you know, trad and folk, they could they could just do it. They could do it with anybody. And Paddy was the type of character, very unassuming sort of man. Um, you know, he was he was he was almost he wasn't I wouldn't say self-deprecating, but he was just he was you know in the background, but he was actually the front man for the chieftains. He was the man. When you think of the chieftains in your mind, you think the wee the wee guy playing the Ellen pipes and playing the, you know uh, yeah. the, the the tin whistle, and and that's Paddy Maloney. That's why I'm sticking him in there. And when we come up with this idea of having the the, the fantasy band of a lifetime, um, he never entered my mind until his, his his demise a couple of weeks ago, and then I realised how absolutely bloody brilliant these guys were and are. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Christy Moore fan. And when it comes, when the day comes, um, you know, we'll all be, we'll all be gutted. But Maloney was just, he sailed along. But you, you look at how many countries, how many people know the name of the Chieftains and what they, what they have done for music. It's, it's up there with you too. It's ridiculous. It's was up it, there with you too. Was it the last podcast, Mark, where you asked us all to listen to a Chieftain's track? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it, it would have been a while ago, but it was... So so my the one that I wanted at my funeral, without sounding maudlin, was a tune called Here's a Health to the Company. Okay. Yeah. It's just one of those tunes that's... Uh, it's all about friendship and love and... Us all coming together. It's a good. Finn would know this. It's a good wake song, you know. It's a good wake song. Yeah. Up, up there with the parting glass. But like, <laughs> Mark, yeah, 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 you hit the nail on the head there. Like, we we've talked about some truly amazing musicians this evening. Yeah. But if ever there was a man who had music in his blood, you now in his blood, it was it was Paddy Malone. Really was, yeah. Ten out of ten. Welcome, yeah. Nice one. Fantastic. Okay, look, yours is shaping up well, and now Darren, um, you can finalise your band. Okay, right. So it's our first lead singer, I believe. So uh oh, oh. <laughs> I don't think this is going to upset anybody, and I hope it's not. Um, I don't feel that it's predictable. Uh, I don't think anyone would have me down for this guy. Um, it is a guy. It's not a female singer. But it's to get in there with Hendrix, Richie Edwards, Flea and Dave Grohl. So, predictably, maybe you'd expect me to go for Morrissey, Michael Hutchins, Ian Curtis. That's the, ba the bands that I bang on about a little bit. But I needed somebody with a bit more rock, a bit more swagger, maybe. I mean, Hutchins was almost there. He was my second choice, but I've gone for, I saw this guy fronting his band in the mid nineties. I wasn't a fan uh, of the band in particular, but after I went to say a mate of mine dragged me along, Jay, Jay Tompkins, thanks Jay for taking me. Um, I actually went to see the support band who were Shed 7, who I absolutely loved. Um, they were booed off stage because this was more of a rock, not heavy metal, but more of a rock band. Um, and the front man, ah, oh, I was watching it and I couldn't take my eyes off him. 
he was phenomenal. And I've not gone for a, a lead singer. It's, I've not gone for a vocalist. I've gone for a front man. And he was amazing. And it's Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very, um, very good. I, yeah. never, I mean, you'd expect me to pick like Bono or Michael Hutchins or Morrissey. But to fit in the band that I ended up formulating, it had to be Steven Tyler. And with like songs like Love in an Elevator, Walk This Way. And he's always had that swagger and that wink. And he's up there with Mick Jagger for me. You know, he's got that same that same presence. And, and I don't know why. I don't know why he got in there, but he got in there as I was looking at it and dissecting it. And he and he was a brilliant front man. One of the best I've ever seen. I guarantee you that. I don't know. Has anyone else seen them live? No. No. And it was so I was so fortunate to have seen them. And it's only because my mate dragged me along. And what a front man. If you ever get a chance, I mean, I guess they're still doing the rounds occasionally. There'll be a billion dollar world tour at some point soon. But what's, what's, what's those, those lips? What's, what's the saying? He could suck chrome off a fender. <laughs> over, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he could. He could. And it's like every song he was doing, he was enjoying it, smiling and winking. And, and he's got a great voice. Yeah. You can't deny it. Alongside um, Joe Perry, who is another brilliant guitarist we haven't mentioned tonight. Um, but yeah, for me, Steve Tyler, he slotted in nicely with the lineup that I've chosen. So that's who I've gone for. Yeah, you've given us a few left field, haven't you? A few, a few you know curveballs. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Mark, I was sitting down looking at it over the last couple of weeks. And I was thinking I was left field. Like, I was thinking, why am I not putting in like Bono? Why is Johnny Marr not in as my guitarist? Yeah. You know, why? Uh, yeah, I I don't know. My shortlist the bands that I love and people that I love. Um, I could have put. I could have. No, I won't say any more because I might ruin somebody's in a minute. But there's a lot of lead singers I could have put in, and I didn't. But I think I was looking at a band as a whole. Like I said yeah. at the start, not necessarily who I thought was the best, but who would gel in my band. So there you Here, go. Here, here's a question. Yeah. Here's a question. Uh, who's going to judge the best fantasy band after we all put our submissions in? Is it going to be um, He That Must Be Obeyed? Is it going to be Mr. Turner? Well, no. I think it should be our listeners, shouldn't it? Or our... Yes. If, or... if they're bothered. I guess that, that we actually send yeah. a, a link to Steve Wickham and let him decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why not? Why that, not? That... That is a great idea. Let's do. Let's do that. Let's do that. that. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Little present. present Excellent. Right. I. I've got a lot of um, personalities in my band, and I nearly put in a non-vocalist as my fifth person. Ooh. What? Nearly did. I was going. Ah. I was going to. And I'm, but I, it wouldn't quite fit with the people I've ended up with. It would have been Clarence Clemens, the the saxophonist from Bruce Springsteen, the East Street, East Street Band. Oh, of course. Of course so yeah. if you think of his solos when he does, you know, whether it's Born to Run, Rosalita, or Jungleland, you know, that's rocking. And you've got a bunch of musicians in my band that would just thrive on that. Um, but instead, I'll take his boss, 
I'm going to have Bruce Springsteen as someone who can marshal all of the other guys. He's used to working with amazing uh, musicians. Um, he keeps them in line, drills them. Yeah. I don't know if, how well he get on with Elton drilling him on, on the, doing the big rehearsals I have to do. But um, you know what? I'd, I'd pay to watch that band. Yeah. 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 Great call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, such a, a strong, strong vocalist, frontman, and, and, a, and a great guy. Yeah. A great he guy. And he's all about he's all about the show as well. He's all about um he, he had that uh, first time he came over to the UK, he had a, a ropey first uh concert at Hammersmith Odeon and sort of I suppose the guy who he became, he, he thought about it and hold on. We didn't work hard enough, we didn't try hard enough, we've come over here, we're having a bit of fun, but we've got a paying crowd out there. Um, and from then on, he just built on and went on to deliver these fantastic mega long sets, great musicians, and uh, has been rewarded with devote fans ever since. Yeah, he, he's certainly a guy who gives value for money, like, you know, three hour gigs. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's a sound bloke. 10 out of 10. Very sound Great bloke. call. Great yeah. Call. That's a great choice. And, and you're right there, Finn. He, he does, he, he play three hours, in excess of three hours. Um, and, and at this, you know, at this point, we, we could probably talk about some shite gigs we've all been to. Yeah. There was one I went to, it was Eric Clapton. And uh, he knew that after an hour, he could bugger off. And it was at the Hydro in Glasgow. And he deliberately played exactly an hour because he knew that he would get his money from the gig and then he walked off and he walked off because he said the acoustics were shit and it was your man uh paul carrick okay All right. uh, from mike of the mechanics and played a bit with squeeze and that um he he came on and he he played a, a quite a quite a tongue-in-cheek song basically about the whole situation and then he buggered off and you just think about springsteen and how just Absolutely. It doesn't matter where he is, who he's playing to, what the weather's like, and I'll get there. He will play a good three hours because he knows that people have come to see him and they love him. And uh, that's in itself is a great thing about Springsteen. Never mind his, 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 you know, never mind his musical prowess. One of his his, his, uh, good bloke stories. If anyone's heard it, it was um, one night he was driving wherever it wasn't too far from home, but he broke down and uh, some other guy just pulled up and off and offered to help. I don't know quite how it all, how it all worked out in terms of did he give, give him a lift or did he call or something. Anyway, this guy helped out Springsteen, didn't want anything in return, said, look, no, you, you can head off home or what have you. A couple of days later, Springsteen turns up at his house pack of beers comes in and uh, says thank you and has an evening with him. Ah, sweet. He's a good guy. He good really guy. Is. See, really... see you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have Clapton doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Clapton, Clapton famously played a gig, I think, in, in the Olympia in Dublin. Um, oh, God, 
probably early eighties. Um, stone out of his head, couldn't yeah. stand up, and and the band just laid him on on the flat of his back on the stage with with a mic over his mouth. And uh, now to be fair to him, he played the gig absolutely perfectly, not a, not a note wrong on the guitar, <laughs> but uh, <coughs> yeah, didn't give it to us. But he, just, he was played the gig, and he and he did on the flat of his back on the stage. Yeah, he's. He's up there with Van Morrison, isn't he? He's just yeah. a fucking arsehole. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's like, he's, he's like a total musical genius, but an absolute complete Frank. wank. Yeah. You know, yeah. pardon, pardon, pardon the parlance of the day, but uh, yeah, you, yeah, you just think, Joe, if if you're in that position, if you are a legend, if if you, you know, people think if you say Clapton, if you say Van Morrison. People go, oh my god, legends, absolute legends. Why not just be a nice guy? Why not just yeah. be a nice guy? You know, it you're, you're in the, you're in. It costs nothing exactly. You're in the twilight of your 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 life. People come up to you. They they they're sometimes afraid to turn around and say hello. Ask for a. I mean, I'm sure people get pissed off with the you know the the autographs and the photographs and just be nice. At least when you're on stage, just be nice. You know, just be a nice guy. And Springsteen, Springsteen is is uh, yeah. I mean, he ticks all the boxes. Great front man. He could he could Springsteen could fit in with anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Another, guy, another guy with music in his blood. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he could have got in my band. He nearly did. Yeah. 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 And I guess going back to nice guy, if you if you're not a nice guy, you can't pretend to be a nice guy. Exactly. Do you know? I tell you what, Paddy Maloney would have loved Bruce Springsteen out there at the front. Yeah, absolutely. Now Paddy Maloney, like <clears throat> Jesus, Paddy was from Dunny Kearney on the north side of Dublin, right? Dunny Kearney is a small, tiny suburb on on the north side, um, but. Uh, for for such a tiny suburb it, it produced two two brilliant musicians um absolutely incredible paddy in in the chafins and banjo barney mckenna banjo barney from dunny carney i don't know if you've ever heard of him but yeah, he was yeah. the banjo player in the dubliners uh, yeah. the guy was awesome legendary drinker as well absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he died on april 6th uh, nine, ten years ago, it was April sixth. Is is my wedding anniversary? That, that's why I remember. But uh, yeah, um, Donny Carney, Jesus, great spot. Ten out of ten. Oh, um, that's not your fifth choice, a, is it? My fifth choice, right? This is my lead singer. Okay. Oh, here we go. And I'm going to tell you now, lads. I'm going to talk about my second choice first, and I, then I'll explain why. <clears throat> because I just just decided I'm changing it. My Ooh. second choice for for lead singer, who who is not the lead singer in my band, is a guy called Dave Kaus. Uh, you probably wouldn't have heard of him, uh, Mark. Maybe you you have. He's the, the he was the lead singer in a band called The House, who are a house, who were big Irish rock band back late 80s, early 90s, and <clears throat> he caterwauled, which is probably not a word that you'd expect 
from the first choice for our second choice now for lead singer. Um, <clears throat> he was incredible. A house produced an album called I Am the Greatest, and it's kind of widely renowned in Ireland as kind of one of the best Irish rock albums ever. So this is a little bit of a every day's a school day. So you haven't heard of them. I'm telling you about them. And if you get a chance, look out for I Am Greatest. It, it's probably out there, YouTube, Spotify, what have you. Um, early days, he had the, the likes of Call Me Blue, which was kind of their, their anthemic song um, for for the first few years. And he caterwauled through it. In not quite falsetto, but James, he screamed through it. Brilliant song, very energetic. He was a massive front man. Not the best looking lad. Sorry, Dave, if you're listening to this. Um, but he, Jesus, he gave everything to his performances. And uh, I, there, there wasn't a gig I didn't go to back in the, the late 80s and early 90s. Then he went on to uh, a song which had kind of a, a bit of a, um, bit of commercial success in the UK. It, it hit the top 50. Um, they, the reason it didn't do better was that they didn't have enough money at the time to print enough singles. And, but it got massive airplay and it was called Endless Art. And in that song, he talks through rather than Catterwall. And uh, he, got, he got, a lot of, got a lot of flack actually for, for Endless Art because he talks through a lot of writers, philosophers, artists and, and what they did and the dates that they did it on and they got a bit of flack because there were there were no female artists mentioned um it, even though he he subsequently said you know well look we we mentioned joe miro and uh, not realizing that, that joe miro is actually a man Excellent. so <clears throat> dave Kouse, he was my first choice up until a couple of minutes ago but I'm going to change that now because we've been very male and stale all evening, lads. And I've got to get a woman in there. And I'm going to go for Dolores O'Reilly. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Right. yes. Brilliant. Now, I've got, to, I've got to hold my hands up here. I did not appreciate the cranberries oh. back, back, in, back in the 90s. I really do, you have, do, you, do you have to let that one linger? <laughs> they, 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 were from, they were from Limerick. I was from Dublin. You know, meh, Limerick band. Yeah, Jesus, big deal. We've got plenty of great bands up here in Dublin. But since then, like, all I have to do is listen to Linger or Zombie, and it brings a tear to the eye. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It really does. I, I'm driving in the car. Zombie will come on. Oh, wow. Well. You know, just just well. She was such an incredible talent. Really, um, can't say enough about her. So, on um, one for for Manana Heron, uh, the the women of Ireland. I'm I'm bringing in Dolores. Yeah, and, and that's that, that's my five done. And to be honest with you, Dolores was such a such a strong vocalist. Um, <coughs> She would have whipped any of the other four boys into shape behind her. She really would. So, uh, yeah. One for you, Dolores. Go, girl. Uh, tell you what, I'm so glad you've done that. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Cranberries. Big fan. I've got loads behind me here. Lo- I've, all their albums. 
Um, and she, she, yeah, she was phenomenal. Taken far too early. On she yeah. mental health issues and so on and so on. But what a beautiful, haunting voice she she, she had. She was oh, she she was special. I, I saw an RTE um her, her kind of our version of BBC program yeah. recently, and her and her mum was interviewed. Uh, it was kind of a little bit about her life and. The mum was explaining how she was getting involved in bands and stuff like that. It was quite exceptional. But uh, her her mum, you know, like uh, little old mammy from Limerick, who had this huge, massive rock star daughter. And uh, the story she told about, you know, how just how invested she was in her, in her voice and her music. Yeah. Um, it was really quite incredible. And she just happened to be invited along to a uh, bit of a gig and session uh, a band a local a couple of local lads were auditioning and uh, they thought yeah might try a girl out you know and she she rocked up told the lads what to play and just knocked them out of the park you know <laughs> and and she was only, only a kid you know she wasn't a rock star that that we all across knew group knew and loved she she was just a young one i think only 14 or 15 who knew she had a bit of a voice and um, while they may have been auditioning you know she was the one who said yeah you guys you'll probably work with me you know so 10 out of 10 but uh, yeah like you say taken way way too soon but a lot of talent a lot of talent it's it's the first time on a podcast on our podcast that I've actually um, been wiping a wee tear from my eye. Ah, you're a hundred percent there, Finn. Um, yeah. Uh, one, 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 yeah. You know, God bless you for choosing her. Um, that's a great choice. And well, what, what more can you say? Um, Thank you. Take, taken before her time, and um, yeah, yeah. She, 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 I mean, two or two, two or three great albums, but by God, they were epic. And they, they remind me so much as well, like when I was at university and just hearing Linger for the first time, just like an, you know, an angel the, the, and, and the whole album. But it was, you could tell it was Dolores. Dolores was the Cranberries. I don't think it was yeah. any of the rest of them. Yeah, her voice is so yeah. unique. Yeah. 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 So. And I'll, I'll just finish off by saying if, if anybody's out there, listen to this. Who may be suffering a little bit like the Norris talks and just yeah. talks. Well said. Yeah. Absolutely. Cheers. Agree to that. Brilliant. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Cheers. Slow to one. That's my five done. Thank you. Finn, thank you. Well done. Oh, thank well you. done. Alan. Me. Surprise us. Okay. So I was when I was thinking about this band, I really wanted um, I wanted the I wanted the front guy to be, and I'm sorry it's not a lady. Um, I, want, I wanted the front guy to be a um, a songwriter, a, a clever a songsmith, somebody who can almost, and he has done. He makes a song out of anything. Um, but he does it with such panache and style and and the delivery is, is superb. You will have not have seen him 
life because unfortunately he, in the early 80s he developed stage fright and so he he could not actually perform live uh, but up to then they've made about two or three great studio albums anyway and they've gone on to make many many more and this guy's such an underrated songsmith i use that word this guy can his craft um he lives in a little uh city town in wiltshire swindon uh he was part of a he still is one of the finest bands to come out of swindon xtc and it's andy partridge oh well yeah um as i said i wanted somebody who could deliver vocals who could who could write his own songs and he did it with a plum and his back catalogue is is fantastic he has so much uh great music which people will never ever hear they'll never ever hear because xdc are under the radar of many 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 people and uh again these days they don't you know they they they're no longer a band there's been a little bit of falling out um but you know he it's just his cleverness clever is that a word <laughs> is now clever it is it's now. yeah i mean you you i said that listeners would probably be hard pushed to to know you know many many of the tracks um but you know what can i say i mean there's a whole albums of a dearth of of stuff it's revered um quite quite widely in the you know the world of you know songwriting through the 80s and and into the 90s and beyond he's written lots of times with with other artists as well now but he's so clever um just the way is is look on life the way you can you can look at it from so many different angles his knowledge of history how he brings that into songs and you wonder where that's come from but if ever there was a, a, a back catalogue of stuff worth investigating that you think, oh, I've heard of XTC, but I'm not really sure what they've done, then start with XTC and, and you will not be, you will be, you will thank me for it. And, and there's a guarantee there. If you don't like, if you don't like at least some XTC tracks, then you're not listening hard enough. You haven't listened to them long enough, but he's a great guy. He's so um, he's so down to earth. He's he's just gentle with it. He's very very funny, very very funny. He takes the mick out of himself, uh, but he's a great great songwriter, and that's what I wanted in there in there for and. He also would play a bit of guitar, I suppose, as well. But yeah, he's a great artist and one who I've um, I've admired from afar for for many 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 years. I had tickets to see him at the Hammersmith Odeon, and uh, and then he developed this uh, stage fright. So the rest of the tour was was uh, was postponed, and he's never played live on a stage since, which is a great shame. Oh, yeah. What year was really that? Suffered. What year was that? You had tickets. 
I was 19, uh, it was 19, uh, 19, 19, 80, 82, 83, 1982, right. yeah. 83. Yeah, so, so that was, I think it was the English Settlement Tour. Yeah, that's why they passed me by. I think we've said on a podcast before, and I said I must listen to them. Um, and I love your word, cleverness, but I guess you mean he, he had a lot of ingenuity and he was, yeah, yeah, he, 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 he was a songsmith, he and um, yeah. Yeah, there's not um, not many around. Um, I uh, I would I don't think Mark's has picked Neil Hannon uh, as his number. As it, but I put in those two in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, you know Neil Hannon yeah. from the Divine Comedy. I don't know. They're very good friends. Yeah, I said before I must listen Ooh. to see and I still haven't. And yeah. I'm embarrassed to say I I only know the one song. I think I might know a few more, but I, yeah. I will listen. I would say uh-huh. start. With- I mean, their, their, their album called Skylarking was 35 years old yesterday. Okay. I had the pleasure of playing that again. So start with Skylarking. Okay. So, so Alan, I was going to say, if only um, he'd walked into Golders Green all those years ago and asked for an autograph, you can explain the, uh, you, can, you can give the, uh, the story. No, 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 that, that wasn't him. No, I know it was Graham Gould. Wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Goldman, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. leading you. I'm, I'm segueing, mate. I'm segueing. Oh, right. Okay, for the benefit of people, <laughs> you won't have heard it, but you lot have and all the other... Have we got time for this? Of course we'll have. Uh, we've, bro- we've broken the two hours, so just go for it. Go on, then. So for, for <laughs> Finn, um, uh, so I used to work in uh, for, for Nat West Bank in Golders Green. And we, we did, uh, we were quite lucky, we did get the odd um, sort of famous person coming in. And uh, on this particular day, Graeme Goulman from uh, 10CC uh, came in and he wanted to order some travellers travelers checks. In those days, you have to order them. And, you know, they yeah, yeah. get credit cards then. This is, and um, he, uh, he ordered his travellers checks and... Um, he was going to come back the week later. So uh, anyway, my mate Dave, who used to work alongside me, just came back from lunch, and I said, yeah. "I said, oh, Dave, you never guess who's just come in." I said, "It's um, it's Graham Gorman from Ten CC. You know, you Ten CC." He said, "Oh yeah, yeah." Oh, he said, "My wife, she's a she's a great fan of of of, of Ten CC." I said. Oh yeah, oh, I said, where is he coming in? I said, oh, he's being a week time. Okay, right. I'm going to bring something in and get him to sign it. So um, anyway, week passed, and um, so it happened. He came in around about the same time, and Dave was at lunch, and he gave me instructions that if Graham Goldman turns up to collect his, you know, his currency travellers checks, I'm to phone him up, and uh, he would come down. So fair news. Mr. Goldman, would you mind signing your traveller's checks? So whilst he was doing that, I phoned to Dave. I said, Dave, your man's in. So he came wandering down the stairs. And he said, I said, oh, excuse me, Mr. Goldman. Um, my colleague here uh, would just like a quick word with you. So he said, oh, yeah. I said, I haven't done anything wrong. I said, no, no, no. It's a quick word. He said, oh. Uh, he said, my my wife's a, a big fan of yours. Uh, I wonder if you wouldn't mind s- signing this record for me. So I could see him past the uh, like a 
seven inch single underneath the glass. And uh, he, Graham Gooman picks it up and he goes, Well, I'll sign you. It was not one of mine. <laughs> I said, When I looked across, I said, Dave, what, what have you given him? So I leaned over there and I could see he's given him Sergeant Rock is going to help me by XTC. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite oh. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> well, I never, it never. You told me that joke. You told me that it's not a joke. It's a true story. You told me that it's a true story about, back in two thousand and three, and I still laugh at it. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Pretty regular listeners as well. We had it on the podcast probably, yeah. I don't know, year Every ago. other episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure he signed uh, it. Well, while we were talking, Alan, I've just ordered Skylarkin. Have you? I've just ordered a remastered copy. So, oh, yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a good listen. Oh, good. Is it the 200 gram version? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Well worth it. No, it's been reasonably priced. Yeah, 20 quid including shipping. Brilliant. Bad, is that it? from uh, Burning Shed? No, that was Discogs. I got that. Ah, right. Oh, okay. I love well, that. You, are, you won't be disappointed. Nah, good. Excellent. Yeah. Alan, thank you very much for that. Yeah, Andy Partridge. Cool. Thank you. Mark, are you going to close out for us? Yeah, I'm going to close out with the, the, the very obvious uh, lead singer. I'll not beat about the bush. Born 5th of September. And I'm taking the piss here, David, because you said we don't have to introduce them with dates of birth. <laughs> you don't need <laughs> to do the Wikipedia spiel. Exactly. But I know this all by heart. I know this all by heart because the man has been a, a monumental part of my life and uh, has taken me through very tough times and the great times too. And I will annoy you with the background. Um, 5th of September, 1946, uh, Zanzibar um, moved to England, uh, became uh, an absolute phenomenon. It's uh, Freddie Mercury. He's my lead singer. He would absolutely front up Patty Maloney, Eddie Van Halen, John Bonham, and John Entwistle effortlessly. He could work with anybody. Um, I'll make it brief. He is, for me, the greatest frontman, showman, singer, songwriter uh, in my lifetime. That's it. No dispute in that. No. Can't argue about that. Feel the boss. Feel the boss. It's all gone very quiet. Yeah, we've, we've all gone quiet because A, we knew it was coming, and <laughs> yeah. B, nobody can ever argue with it, can they? <laughs> right. You know, he could front any band in any decade, any century. You know, <laughs> he could be there. He's the man, isn't he? So, yeah. He has the front. And nobody ever... would dare steal it off you, Mark. Nobody would yeah. dare to take that off you. <laughs> God bless you, Darren. Do you know, if, 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 if I had an ounce of his bravado, I mean, he, he was a very he was a very humble introvert off the stage. But if I had an ounce of what he had on stage, my God, imagine what he could accomplish. It was just, it was something else, an absolute 
powerhouse. And, um, you know, the last, well, I'd, well, before his demise in, in 91, you, you think about the influence that they had. And you talk about Jagger and Kurt Cobain and, you know, all, all these guys who were fantastic at the front. Yeah. And, and, and Bowie, Bowie Bowie, Mercury. Mercury had something completely different. Completely different. He was more than music. That's what he was. He was more than music. And yeah, he easily, easily front man. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's a great closeout then. You delivered. Oof. And also, yeah. nobody's chosen Bowie. How did Bowie not get chosen? I know, eh? He was on the shortlist for about three different categories tonight. And yeah, mad. And we've met, there's been so many big ones, hasn't there? Like, what I have on my shortlist? I look through my shortlist, I've got like Bjork, another female, Bjork, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, yeah, Jim Morrison, Bowie, uh, Mercury's on it, J- Mick Jagger was on there, Mick Ronson, I nearly went with, Jimmy Page, The Edge, Johnny Greenwood from um, Radiohead, um, two bass players, two female bass players, Kim Deal, Kim Gordon. From Sonic Youth and the Pixies, they nearly got in there. Tina Wayne. Keith Moon, Neil Peart, Charlie yeah. Watts. We've missed so many, haven't we? <laughs> but we got yeah. some good fans. We did actually. I'm, I'm talking about uh, the, the police earlier on. Like Andy Summers, like what a fantastic guitarist. Yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah. Jesus. And <clears throat> I, I used to do roadie for a band years ago, and they, they used to play the odd police song. And uh, I remember saying to, to me, Pal Derrick, who was who was the guitarist, says, "Why don't you do more police songs?" He said, "Because they're a pain in the arse to play. So your hands need to be massive and all over that fretboard playing what he does. He was an exceptional guitarist, and a lot of people don't realise like a, a lot of his riffs were like ska riffs. You know, it, it yeah. was a huge Jamaican influence in, in their music as well, which, which a lot of people missed." You know, but uh, yeah, yeah, we, we came close to like some really fucking fantastic people out there this evening. Um, on on top of the utterly utter legends that, that we've spoken about, ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh, and as <clears throat> as somebody who who's popped our podcast, Cherry, I'd just like to say, guys, thank you so much. It's been an utterly fantastic evening. Really has learned an awful lot, and. Uh, just, just listening to you and your, your passion. Um, thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Thank really, you. Really, really brilliant. Pleasure. Thank but you very much. Did we come out with band names? Yeah, I was going to say we all got a band name. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck you. Tell me we don't have a band name. Yeah, well, I completely forgot, and I thought of one while we while we've been recording, so I have got one. Do Do we want to do them, or should we post up our bands with a band name? Um, I think we should announce them now. Oh God, I haven't the time to think of this. Thanks. How about if we've got one? If we've got one. Yeah. If you if you've got one, go for it, and then because I I couldn't think of anything to. Yeah. No, I haven't got one either. Darren, clearly, <laughs> Darren, clearly, you, Darren, you've put some work into this. So, what's your band name? Oh, 
I was just as as we've been recording, I just thought about it. So I had Steven Tyler, Jimi Hendrix, Richie Edwards, Flea and Dave Grohl. So there's only one of those people that is well, two are dead, but one's very, very dead, and one's more recent. <laughs> so I thought, who's gonna be the kind of in charge of a band? And it's gotta be Hendrix. So I've gone for Voodoo Children. Cool, oh, nice. nice. I like that. I like that. Voodoo yeah. Lady by Creme Brulee. <laughs> Voodoo Lady. Creme Brulee, love that. I've gone yeah. with Stuart Copeland, Dave Greenfield, Mark King, uh, Charlie Virtual, and Andy Partridge, otherwise known as The Dudes Abide. The Dudes Abide. Oh. The Big Lebowski. Mm. Like yeah, the Big Lebowski. Nice. I like that. Oh. Ideal. David, you with that? Yeah, well, uh, oh. I've got, so I've got Bruce Springsteen, Prince, Macca, Phil Collins and Elton John. So they're going to go with the modest band name of Humble Brag. Oh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Excellent. Not bad at all. There you go. Okay, guys. Finn, Mark, do you want to throw a name in now? You've had 20 uh, seconds to think about it. All right, so I've got yeah. go, go for it, Finn. Go for it. Roy Jr., um, Bruce Boxton, Dolores, Steve Wickham, uh, Stuart. A great country. Oh, nice. oh I love it. That's I love it. Cool. Great country. That's cool. I was thinking of Dolores band, but hey. <laughs> Great country. Excellent. Nice. Good. Go, Mark. Press is on now. Oh, shit. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, so I've got Mercury, Entwistle, Van Halen. Um, I've got John Bonham. Forgot him. Uh, oh, my God. Who are the Mercurial? I'm Paddy Maloney. I don't know. Some, something like um, Who are the Mercurial Chieftains? I've no idea. Um, Bonzo's Bonzo's Chiefs Bonzo's Chiefs no. Bonzo after after John Bonham Chiefs after the late great wonderful Paddy Maloney Bonzo's Chiefs the Bonzo Chiefs do that band yeah 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 they're, they're supporting the, they're supporting the travel in Wilburys next year <laughs> at Glastonbury nice <laughs> hey none of those were mentioned tonight yeah, the Wolverines, yeah. 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 Not Flynn not in there for anyone's guitarist. We could go on, couldn't yeah. we? Could yeah, Tom, Tom Petty was, yeah. was up there. Yeah, Ray yeah. Manzarek was nearly in on keyboards. Jerry Lee Lewis, I had down his keyboards as well. Oh, great choice. I had Rick yeah. Rickman down. Yeah, he was normally nearly in there. Yeah. We could nearly do another on second choice. Because, like, you know, I'm thinking yeah. about Johnny Fingers and the Bill Town Rats on keyboards. Wow. Oh, yeah, uh, band. Maybe the only one, the only one tonight that we both well, was a duplicate was Hendrix. Well, no, is that right? Flea. Oh, well, oh, 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 almost Flea. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah, Hendrix. Hendrix. The one that was first choice for two of us, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're that was right. the very yeah. first one, so we did well there. That was yeah. Yeah. It shows how many great musicians there are out right there, doesn't it? So, Mark, what was yeah, your band? Mark, what was your band name again? Bonzo, uh, as in the nickname for John Bonham, Bonzo's Chiefs. 
Nice. Nice. Cheers after Harry Maloney and the achievements. Thank you. Excellent. Super, guys. guys. Mercury can take a flying back to himself. He's a bit... <laughs> He's he's up. Yeah, yeah. He's had enough air time. The yeah. wind has changed. One minute ago, he's singing his praises. <laughs> <laughs> so fickle. You fickle. You fickle pop band appreciator. Too many whiskeys, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> if only. If only. Guys, let's do this I've again. Been quite good tonight. You, you've enjoyed it. I've been quite good tonight. You have. No yeah. rude remarks. <laughs> it's all been very good. Love that. It's actually it's probably been one of my favourites. I think in the last that's... forty that we've done or whatever we've done. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been good, crack. It's been yeah, good. Really. It's been great having. It's been great having the mate. It's been great having uh, Finn aboard as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah very totally that. It's been a really, really brilliant evening. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. If we can only have one Irish one on. Irishman on <laughs> in the future. <laughs> See you, Mark. Know what my money's on. <laughs> like, like I said, like, like I said at the start of the podcast, we're teaming up against you boys, Safe Hadrian's Wall. So uh, there'll, there'll be no, there'll, there'll be no departed. Um, no, I have to say, I mean, Finn, we, we we have four play. I'm sure we could make something up with five. But uh, you're more than welcome back any time. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you very, I'd, I'd be only delighted. Uh, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the evening. It's been fantastic. And uh, uh, great to see me on Walker again. It's been a long time since we've had points on the ferryman. Been been way, way too long. You know, it has, it so has. And I Next would year. love to meet you all for a point some stage. Yeah. Yeah, we um, said that. Uh, One day we all will, I'm sure. So you're welcome. Yeah, that would be good. No, it's, been absolutely cracking. Thank you so so much. Okay, so, uh, guys, we'll yeah, do it all again shortly. Podcast cherry has been popped. He's, so, he's, uh, he's done. <laughs> well and truly. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Great stuff. Well, listen, uh, take care. Stay on, Finn. See you, guys. God bless.